We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. I just said, go girl, Kyra, she's amazing. Watch that space, that young lady. She's passionate about youth and she's a hard worker and a great leader. We appreciate you, Kyra. We really do. Why don't we give her a round of applause? We just value her so much. She's probably not even here. She's out the back working hard. You know, uh, it was interesting uh, in hearing that interview with, uh, with Lee. And uh, Lee, you've got a massive heart and uh, we just appreciate you. And uh, I remember when we had... Uh, We found out that we had uh, refugees from Afghanistan and uh, young mothers as young as 14 and they were at school and they had uh, health issues and and Lee was on a phone call to me quickly to say, what can we do to help and how can we care for these women? That's the sort of person that she is and uh, portraying and acting on our behalf, wonderful stuff. Well, this morning I've got the, uh, the privilege of uh, opening up a new series and uh, I think it's particularly relevant to all of us at this time and it's called Not Afraid. Not Afraid. I think if we uh, just take a moment to watch the, the news, uh, I watch the news most nights at five o'clock on Channel 10. Uh, why do I do that? Because uh, I have a great interest in global issues and what's happening, and I'm keenly aware of God at work, and uh, I'm excited about potentially living in the last days and what God is doing in our, uh, our world. Uh, some of it's devastating, some of it's challenging, and, uh, but it's exciting to see God at work and moving in power amongst our world. And, um, but you know, on the, on the other side, we could be potentially drawn into a lot of fear, the stock market dropping. Many businesses have shut down. We have the war in Ukraine. We have China's presence in the Pacific. We have fuel and power prices out of control. I paid $2.25 a liter last week. That's the most I've ever paid for fuel. My dad used to send me down with a gallon drum and I'd pay 50 bucks. $50, 50 cents, sorry, that's it. 50 cents. It got expensive, didn't it? You know, we think it's troubling times at the moment, but there are times where we've been through trouble in the past. And we can walk it out, we can make adjustments, we can change, we can be the people of God. Way back in my family uh, situation in the 70s, I was uh, barely a teenager and. Uh, Dad was the only one that worked in our family. He was a printer and he was on a very small wage. And, uh, but we had done okay for ourselves and uh, we had the first home that we lived in that mum and dad purchased and uh, were married in. And then uh, they decided to build a beautiful brick home, uh, which was their dream home. And uh, that came to reality and we all moved in and we lived in that house and that was the, really the only home that I knew uh, through that season. And then... Um, and that was the era where the interest prices or interest rates went through the roof. I, th- I don't really remember. I think it was something about the 20, 20 odd percent it, it, it got to. And, and my mum and dad um, lost their home amidst those circumstances. And uh, I keenly remember mum and dad having a budget of 11,000. The bank allowed them to buy a new home. And we found a little tiny two bedroom weatherboard home in Brown Street, Bundaberg. And uh, 
Dad uh, quickly prepared it and I went over there trying to help him paint it and various things and we, we moved in and our lifestyle changed, lifestyle changed dramatically. We went from living what would be a middle class life, I guess, to, to uh, I would go out with mum uh, to buy broiler chickens. You know what they are? They're the chooks that had finished laying. <laughs> the poor old gnarly things. And uh, mum used to cook them in the pressure cooker and we basically lived off um, lean cuts, really. We basically lived off offal, tripe and kidneys and liver and brains and all those yummy things that you're just sitting there going, oh, wow, that's fantastic. Tripe in white sauce. That's got to be the most disgusting thing you could ever have served. <laughs> it's like carpet in white sauce, isn't it? Yeah. But you know, uh, I never missed out as a child. I, I had a wonderful upbringing, a loving environment and lots of fun and lots of picnics and fires in the bush and we made life fun and we cut back and we navigated those times. My mum and dad are Christian people and they were very generous to other people. We had people over for food all the time. We just had to make some changes and it was a, a difficult time. We've all serviced and been through difficult times, haven't we? Fear is contagious, and we've all felt that at times. You only got to watch the news and see the hysteria that goes on when a new rule is passed or a new thing that people don't like or disagree with. The, the media goes nuts with it, and, and, and fear can be something that's drawn right across in a rush in people's lives. It's extremely contagious. However, I want to say that there's other things that are contagious as well. Let me read to you a scripture uh, from Thessalonians chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 2 to 3. Let, me hear about the, let us hear about the early church. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly as we pray to our God and Father about you. We think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and your enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful works, loving deeds, enduring hope. And we'll read on in other scriptures to see just how contagious these things were to the people around them. How the gospel took off in these people's lives and it was rubbing off everywhere they went in an amazing way. Some years ago, I was at a low ebb with my chronic fatigue and, uh, and Phil and I had booked into a uh, conference in Toowoomba called Transformations. And I remember quietly in my heart, I've never told Phil this, but I didn't really want to go. It all sounded so spiritual and I was just down in the dumps and a bit dark and not really enthusiastic about it. Did you ever pick that up, Phil, perhaps? That might be the case, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a long nose, Phil. Anyway, so we got to Toowoomba and I'm thinking, oh, here we're going to go happy clappy. Like, this is going to be through the roof, hands raised. I'm going to go, this is just going to be a Pentecostal, um, you know, nightmare. Anyway, and so I went along with very poor expectations and a very bad attitude. And I went to this, uh, this conference and Phil and I were sitting somewhere up the back, as you are when you're, you know, reluctant. And... Uh, and the worship started and the preaching began and, uh, and, and the faith in that room 
was amazing, wasn't it, Phil? The words that they gave and, 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 the, and the worship that was uh, conducted. And, uh, you know, it was in moments I had my hands raised and I was crying out to God and I was moved in the power and the presence of God's people. I trust that happened here this morning as we were led in worship. Did you feel that this morning? The power of the group, the faith in the room. I could not believe how contagious it could be to a reluctant heart. I was changed in a moment because of those around me and I enjoyed every moment of it. There's three things that we note there that these people were contagious in the light of great fear or the potential of great fear. We might call it an antidote to fear. Faithful works, loving deeds, and enduring hope. Can I spend a few moments chatting about that? The first one I wanna share with you this morning is that you would be a faith spreader. A faith spreader. You know, we talk about uh, viruses and we've gone on from COVID now to influenza A and other things that are happening in our community and we're all worried about people that are carrying the disease that we might catch it and that they could be contagious. I wanna ask you a funny question this morning is that, is what you've got this morning in Jesus worth catching? Is what you've got this morning worth catching? Is your fire burning? Is your faith strong? Is your love powerful? Do you have enduring hope? I wonder this morning questions that we need to reflect on. This was certainly the case of the church in Thessalonica. Verse five of that scripture, for when we brought you the good news, it was not only with word, but also with power. You see, it's not only us driving this. We have the Holy Spirit moving in and through us. It was shared this morning by Aaron that what we understand and know of the gospel is enlightened to us by the Holy Spirit. He is the one that removes the scale from our eyes and gives us insight and the knowledge of faith. He is the one that moves us forward. He's the one that was behind the spread of the gospel. Because it wasn't only in word, it was in power. And that's what made their faith contagious. It was God at work in them. And not only was it an act of word, but the power was also in many healings, many physical displays of what God was doing. And this is what got people uh, their attention. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Acacia. For everywhere we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. And we go on to realise that these scriptures are out of the move of God in the miracles of the disciples. These people were not only sharing the gospel, but they were demonstrating it in power. 
Now, when I talk with people, when I do counseling or when we are asked on the prayer chain of the church to pray for people, there's many people that come across needs in their life and they put their hands up for prayer. And I would say, from my guesstimation, that probably 90% of the concerns that people have that want prayed for never happen. Now, there's two ways that I could look at that. I could be cynical and say, well, perhaps they're a hypochondriac. Perhaps they really didn't need prayer. Perhaps they were overly concerned about things. I could take that view, but I don't. You see, I believe that there are miracles happening all the time. And the 90% result is because of an act of God on the basis of our prayer that have changed the circumstance in that person's life. Amen? God works in, in mysterious and beautiful ways. And I love our prayer chain. I love offering our prayer chain to a neighbour or someone. We had a neighbour across the road from our place that we prayed for continually in our staff meetings. And we prayed for on the prayer chain. And that man was healed incredibly Still not a faith. And I've told him so. God does miracles. God works in power and he does amazing things. And we need to be out there and realizing the faith that we have in Christ can change this world. Not only are we a faith spreader, but we should be a love giver. I've had many times at funerals or any event here at the life of this church that we are conducting and people come in and say, wow, there's an atmosphere here. There's something here that is heartwarming. Maybe this morning you're here this morning and you're feeling something of the room. That's love, isn't it? That's the love and the unity that Jesus brings, like oil pouring down on Aaron's beard. It's a free-flowing, beautiful experience as we notice something that God is working in us when we choose to love one another rather than hate one another. We choose to give each other the benefit of the doubt. We choose to restore the brother and rather in repelling the brother. That we are a place of love. We are a safe place to belong. They're the things that the world needs to hear right now. Amen? They're the things that we hunger for. I had the privilege, along with a lot of young boys, to bring all of these packages up onto the stage. And I've got to tell you that you've all been very naughty. We said a kilo of kindness. Some of those have got to be 10 kilos because we broke the handles on the way up. That's love, isn't it? That's you thinking about someone else and you may not even know who it might be. Love is powerful. Love overrules. Love overcomes. Love pours oil on troubled waters. Jesus said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If, doesn't always happen, is that right? It can be quite nasty in churches at times. No, but it says, if you love one another, great things will happen. And I thank God for life point. I thank you for your hearts. I thank you for your benefit of the doubt. I thank you for your acceptance and inclusion of others. Thank you for your love. It repels fear. So what do we do? We have faith, we have love, and we have hope amidst our circumstances.
I ask you the question, has what you've got worth sharing? Is it contagious? Is it worthwhile? When we think of the word hope, it's not really a, good, a really a good translation into the English language because hope generally means well-wishing, doesn't it? It means I, I wish that things will work out well. I don't know how they will, but I, I'm hoping for something better. It's not final, it's not conclusive, it's just a wish, isn't it? But biblical hope is defined as confident expectation. That's a whole different ballgame. Hope is confident expectation. When we look at the church at Thessalonica in their personal circumstances, they were under persecution. They were growing like wildfire. The world was totally against them and the persecution was getting stronger and stronger and stronger and would rage for 400 years. The church has never grown as strongly as it did in that 400 years. As soon as Constantine uh, allowed the church to be free and went and built huge temples and churches around the place, that's when we got soft. Yeah? Under persecution, we narrow down to what's important. We narrow down to what's our priorities and we get on with business. When the church went into, in, into COVID and we went uh, into a situation, what do we do? You see, we don't go to church, we are the church. And when we couldn't meet physically, we met digitally. Is that right? You cannot hold back the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We will exist forever. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Hope, the Christian hope is a wonderful thing. I don't hope in governments, though I do pray for them and support them. I don't hope in doctors, although I pray for them that the God would guide their hands. I don't hope in spiritual leaders, but I trust God and I pray for them. My hope is in the one who spoke the world into being. My hope is in the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God of the universe. Isn't that who we have our hope in? I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up and we're gonna finish off this morning. But I want us to dwell on who our hope is in this morning. Hope is not well-wishing. Hope is confident expectation. And folks, I wanna tell you, if you know and love the Lord, it will always be a good conclusion. You got that? It will always be a good conclusion. I pray for my mum and dad every day as I see them withering away in their old age. And I'm not sure they've got very long left. And it's fi they're finding it excruciating. They're finding it difficult. They're losing their minds and their faculties are falling apart and their bodies are wearing. And it's dreadful. But I remind them, Mum, the worse things get, the more you're gonna enjoy leaping into eternity. You ever seen a spring lamb that's been shorn? I watched a video the other day of this lamb that had been lost and it had 45 kilos of hair on it, of wool. The poor thing could barely walk and eventually when it was found, it was sitting down waiting to die. And this lovely person came along and sheared off all of the land, all of the hair. And this thing was as skinny as a rake. <laughs> but if a lamb could smile, that thing smiled from ear to ear. It was having a ball. It was liberated.
from all of its pain. And you know what? When we walk into eternity, if the Lord prevails and we, and we, uh, we don't meet him face to face in, in the air, then walking into eternity is gonna be such a thrill. As God brings the ultimate healing of all of our lives as we have no more sin, no more sickness, no more disappointment and heartbreak, as we come into perfect peace and know eternity with Him forever and ever and ever. Oh, I understand what that Scripture says, that death, where is your sting? You have lost your sting because of our hope in Jesus Christ. And you know what? At a time when the church should have been worried about its preservation, when people should have gathered in huddles, when people should have sheltered in times of trouble, these people at Thessalonica got out there and shone in the darkness of this world. Folks, we have no reason to cower in our world today. We do not cower to fear. We rise to faith. We love well and we hope in eternity. Amen? Let's stand together. Father God, we wanna thank You that we have no fear. That's our potential, Lord, that we can be courageous and that we can be contagious. And Lord, I pray that You would move through us in power today, that we would be firebrands for the faith, that we would speak the Word of God, that we would not hold back, that we'd do it sensibly and that we'd do it lovingly. And that Lord, we would change this world for Jesus, we pray in Your precious Name. And all the people said, Amen.